We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Kind of a special edition recruiting hour, Ryan, and we use the word hour loosely at Irish Breakdown because uh, the first hour we'll be talking mostly about recruiting and then we'll dive into a recruiting mailbag. We got a lot of topics for you all today. So we uh, yesterday we talked a lot about Jaden Osbury and a couple hours after the show was over, Jaden Osbury went public with the information he was going to be making a decision on August 4th. You all now know why we were so confident that he would make a decision this summer. This has been something that was in the works for a little bit. Uh, Mm -hmm. It just was about him definitely making the decision that, like, he wanted to definitely do this. But uh, good news for Notre Dame, Ryan, which we've talked about. We'll dive a little bit into that. We will talk about Peyton Bowen and all the rumors about him and, and where we think things stand. Ryan had a story this morning that came from an interview that Brian Smith actually did for us down in the future 50 this past weekend. And, uh, you know, we had Brian and I had a very good talk about it. And, and Ryan obviously was able to listen to the whole interview and, and wrote a story from it. And then we'll talk about Ben Minich, who got offered by Notre Dame today. Uh, we'll talk about why in his game, we'll watch a little bit of film. And then we will sp- wrap up sort of the recruiting hour with some conversation about Ronan Hannafin. We'll give the latest on where things stand recruiting wise. Not a lot has changed, but we're going to dive into little bit about why he's important. We won't spend a lot of time with that because we've talked a lot about that already. But then we're going to do some film breakdown. We're going to show you all because Ryan and I were talking like, you know, we have watched film together, he and I. And I know we've popped up Ronan for like a thing here, a thing there. But we've never like really dove into a full film breakdown of Ronan. And so we wanted to kind of uh, you know bring out his film so we can kind of show you all why we're so high on him as a player. Uh, especially as a wide receiver. So that is that is going to be the topic for today. That's a, today's agenda, everybody. You now have an idea of what we're going to talk about. Then at the end, after all that, we're going to have a daily mailbag. So you can. So we have some questions start already. You all can start throwing in your questions if you want, and we'll get to those at the end. So Ryan, let's begin with a just a kind of a little discussion, brief, brief update on Jaden Osbury. Obviously, we spent a lot of time on him yesterday, talked about why he's important for Notre Dame. If you haven't, if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, we actually cut that segment up and put it on the YouTube channel, sort of as a standalone. And then we also have his 
his film room up there uh, as a standalone. So you can get a chance to watch those without having to watch the whole two plus hour show again. So if you want to kind of dive into, you know, why Ronan Hanif is important, how he fits into the defense, you can check that out. What we're going to do today, Ryan, is we're going to talk just a little bit, just give an update about the latest with him and kind of where things stand. So obviously after we talked about him yesterday, some news came out and, you know, kind of changes the view of, of Jaden Osbury's recruitment from a, from an outsider's perspective. Yeah, I mean, obviously we've been talking a lot about Jaden because we knew that there was going to be some things turning and, and seeing that that recruitment was potentially going to end very soon, you know, in the near future. So it's now scheduled for August 4th that Jaden Osbury is going to make his decision. He, replete, he released the top seven, which was a pretty interesting top seven. Mm-hmm. You had teams like Michigan in there and um, LSU and, and different teams that we've talked a lot about their – We've talked a lot about, you know, where we think that things stand with Jaden Osbury. And I put on the board yesterday, if you're not on the board, make sure to go to boards.irishbreakdown.com, that we think that it's in a really good spot for Jaden mm-hmm. Osbury. We, and I know, Brian, we talked <clears throat> about this. If this one ended before the summer, we felt that Notre Dame was in a really good spot. If it right. starts trickling into the fall season, then that's where things get a right. little more hairy. But, I mean, the update is we have a cemented date, August 4th. We know Jaden Osbury is going to make his decision between – seven schools, I think that Notre Dame is in a really good spot, and we'll know very soon in only a couple weeks now here. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 
his final seven that he listed was uh, in order of what was what I'm seeing here. It's it's not any particular order because I've seen the order different on a different post. Michigan, Auburn, Alabama, LSU, Texas A&M, Notre Dame, and Florida. He took official visits to Michigan, Auburn, Texas A&M, and Notre Dame. Those are the main players. He's visited all those schools. I think those four is really what it boils down to, Ryan. And, and you know, I think there's a lot of different draw. LSU, he didn't take an official to LSU, but he doesn't need to. He's, he's been there. Yeah. Right. He's I mean, there he literally goes day. to high school on that campus. <laughs> right. So yeah, it, it's, it's an interesting one because obviously there's the in-state pull to go to LSU. But I, you and I said, yeah, I think we said this yesterday because this is what happens when you and I talk on the phone, then we do a show together. I don't remember what we said on the show or what Everything we said. Everything blends the... in together. Yeah, yep. I have the I same problem that. with Sean and I, because Sean and I like talk for an hour before we then go do the RTCF show. And it's like, did we talk about that in the show? Or So LSU was just never seemed like a player there. And, and he's got respect for the program. Obviously his dad played there and, and he's close by, but it just kind of seemed like he was always a kid that wanted to kind of, Get away. His brother chose a similar path. His brother, Austin, who's a 2022 defensive back, chose Auburn, mm-hmm. despite LSU recruiting him. I think Michigan was somewhat of a factor, but but a lot of the Michigan hype was just kind of what you see from Michigan reporters. They just kind of think everyone that visits is going to go there. And, and even whenever... It was the last visit as well, right? Right, from a timing so, standpoint. Yeah. But like right. some of the things yeah. we were hearing going into that visit, Michigan wasn't going to be a serious player, no matter how much people that cover Michigan wanted to say that sure. it was really going to come down to Auburn A&M and, and then Notre Dame is really what, who the players were in that recruitment. So uh, we'll see what he decides, but as we have said for a little bit, Notre Dame has been in a really good place there. We broke down why we feel good about where Notre Dame stands yesterday. So we won't repeat that again because we want to spend more time on some things we haven't talked about a lot yet. Sure. But if you did miss yesterday's show, as we said, as I said earlier, you can check out the, um, the, the shows, we, we actually cut them up so you don't have to watch the whole podcast again. We cut up those things, put them on the board. I'm going to try to do that more often when I have the time, you know, break those things up so that way you can kind of go back and look at those individually. So Notre Dame, obviously, has been making a push for Jay Nalsbury. That would be a big one, despite his rankings drops, which are patently absurd. I saw today, did you see the post on the board? Yes. Where the I guy did. that made the on-three ranking said a- – Athletic concerns or Yeah, whatever. about him and Drake yeah. Bowen, yeah. speed yeah, and athleticism concerns. I was like – you, you want to tell me that Jaden Osbury is too small. Okay. Sure. Right. Sure, sure. I can live with that. You want to tell yeah. me, you know, there's, there's things you could tell me that I'd say, okay, I don't agree, but I, I understand it to question Drake, same with Drake Bowen to question Drake Bowen's speed and athleticism. And to question Jaden Osbury's speed and athleticism is just kind of like, I now don't care what you have to say about anything else. And that's just really bad. It's, it's be, just some people don't know what, don't know how to, cause, cause I mean, the one interesting thing is that I think some people, because Jay Nosbury has shorter legs, right? So he like mm-hmm. doesn't have a crazy stride length. I think some people don't know how to determine speed right. compared to body composition, right. and it, yeah, it's not great, man. Yeah, great, not a great take this morning. Yep, I uh, it'd be like me saying, you know, I'm not I'm not super high on Charles Jagasaw. I just don't think he's strong enough. I don't think he's powerful enough. You know, like that would be the similarly bad take. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, I mean, uh, CJ Carr, he's he's just not accurate enough for me. You know, that's that's how I feel about those takes. But <laughs> even though even though that's a strength. Exactly. Yeah, so exactly, it is yep. what it is. But uh, sure. so that's the latest on Jaden Alsbury. We also want to talk about a current commit, Peyton Bowen, because there's obviously look, the reality is, is Notre Dame fans are going to be worried about him until signing day. And and I don't even chalk that up to PTS, BK PTSD. I don't. I get it. No. You know, I mean, yep. the kids made multiple visits and 
you know, there was rumors about him taking official visits this summer, which never came to fruition. And they were, they were never serious, at least especially the one to Michigan. That was all clickbait propaganda. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he still is list talking to other schools. Now, Ryan, what I want to dive into is kind of give a little insight as to, to our, why we are not as worried about him because on the surface, this looks a lot like what happened last year with Morin Walker. And last summer with Morin Walker, I kept saying time and time again, I don't care what this kid says to Notre Dame, this kid is not going to sign with Notre Dame. And he did. The circumstances are a little different, and obviously every circumstance is different. So we wanted to share with you guys a little bit as, as to why we're so confident at least, you know, for now, I mean, if he, again, if we see the same thing in the fall, he makes two trips to, to see Oklahoma. If he goes to the Texas A&M barbecue or whatever the thing they're doing, it's pool, it's like a pool party or some nonsense. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, if he goes to that at the end of July, you know, yeah. Okay. At that point in time. But from what we've been told, that's, that's not what he plans to do, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Right. But Ryan, I just wanted to give you a chance. And then, and then if, if you I may follow up afterwards just to kind of tell people kind of your conversation with Peyton, with his mom, with our other sources of why we're just at this point in time, despite understandable angst. Again, we're not ripping you off for the angst because we read the same articles. We 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 know how this goes just to give an insight into why in this particular case, we're not as concerned about it as maybe we should be based on how things look from the outside. Look, I mean, to be completely honest, me and Brian have talked in the past about the same things that you all are talking about. How locked in is he? Is it, you know, what does the action speak louder than the words? Like all that type of stuff. Like, and it's very understandable to have the talking points. So fans out there and Notre Dame faithful that are talking about Peyton Bowen, it's fine. I get it. I, I, I literally have talked about it myself. In this specific case, when the the rumblings are still about official visits and going to Texas A&M at the end of end, end of the month and. Oklahoma still making a strong push and Jackson Arnold making a strong push, which is his teammate at Denton Geyer. Like it's all stuff that is going to make you kind of sit back and be like, is this legitimate? Everybody that I've talked to, and I talked to someone that's close to uh, closer to the Oklahoma side of everything. Mm-hmm. They're, they're they maintain that this is Notre Dame's one to lose. Like right. I, it, it's a, it would be a massive upset to, flip him from Notre Dame at this point. And I want to I, reiterate your yeah. that's an opinion Ryan is forming from a source he has that's it's linked Oklahoma. to the Oklahoma program. Right. I just want to make sure that we're we're clear on that. Yep. So if <clears throat> if and we know how a lot of media is that's pertinent to a specific team. They're very like, oh yeah, and I think they have a good chance to flip him. It's a very optimistic view, right? I don't think that Oklahoma is in that side is that as optimistic Texas A&M is an interesting conversation, but either way right now, I don't think there's too much to worry about. And I think it's also very encouraging that Notre Dame continues to hit home runs in Texas. We talked about up to four guys now committed from the state of Texas. And then also Brian, I mean, in the recent article I wrote, Peyton Bowen is an active recruiter in this 2023 Notre Dame class. And I know there's probably been some, there's probably been some examples that you can point to in the past for various mm-hmm. programs about guys that were active, but then they flipped. And I'm sure that it's, but not it was always after deal. a period of they, they, they would, there was a period where you're like, okay, he's not responding. Like he's for example, silent. with Dante Moore, one of the things that we kind of knew that things had soured with Notre Dame was some of the commits we're talking about. I haven't heard from him in a little while. You know what I mean? Like there's, there something changes in almost every instance of a kid flipping that was involved with other commits the way that Peyton Bowen is, there was a period where 
the commit started to notice this kid doesn't talk as much. For sure. And and one of the things we talked about is you know Drake Bowen and and, and Pey- Drake Bowen and Peyton Bowen were two of the of the big reasons why Christian Gray ultimately picked their name. It was their relationship with Christian Gray that they built with him playing games together in, in the chats that served a big role to Notre Dame. So again, yeah. what he says publicly, in my opinion, is more of a really smart, respectful kid that doesn't want to disrespect programs. And, and this, this next part is 100% my opinion, my opinion. I have no sourcing on this, my opinion. I, I think that Drake or uh, Peyton also has to be very careful because he has a younger brother that's going through this recruiting process. And with the way that this business is, there are going to be schools that want him that are going to try to mislead his brother or maybe punish his brother. It's a petty business, right? And we've seen this it before. Yep. And so I think that's another delicate line that I think Peyton has to 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 draw. And, and 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 finding out like who really likes Eli and who really wants Eli because they want to get to Peyton. And I think that's the reason Notre Dame took their time offering Eli is because they didn't want to offer Eli in the midst of all this stuff of him visiting because they didn't want it to come across that we're only offering Eli because he's Peyton's brother. Sure. From the sources we've talked to, Notre Dame has made it very clear to the, to the family that, look, we want Eli because we want Eli. And if, you know, and, and so I, I think that's another, and again, that's my, the, the, the part about Peyton is my opinion. The part about Eli and Notre Dame liking Eli, that is Intel related. Sure. But I, I think that has to add a lot of pressure to Peyton too. Like, you know, cause his brother hasn't made a decision yet. His brother's still open. They're not pushing him to go to Notre Dame. If he chooses to go to Notre Dame, it's because he wants to go to Notre Dame, not because they're pushing him to follow his brother. And so you have to be careful with what you're doing as Peyton because you want to make sure that you're not doing anything to hurt your brother. Again, that's that's my opinion, but I think that's something yeah. we have to at least consider when you hear what he says publicly with what he says to everyone privately. Right. And and you know, that's that's the you know, that's kind of the thing for me that I look at and say the conversations that he has with other recruits, the the conversations that we hear from sources that his mother has with other parents. All those things, you know, are now, does that mean that he is a hundred percent locked in and committed to Notre Dame and there's no way he flips anywhere else? We're not saying that, you know, like, look, cause again, as, as long as a kid, it's one thing for him to say things, but if he goes and visits other places moving forward, that is going to be a cause for concern. So right. we're, we're, we're going to be honest about it. If he takes visits in the fall, we'll, we'll be more concerned. If he doesn't, then, you know, then we'll we'll be we'll feel the same way that we do now. So that's where things are at. Yeah. Well, and I think the last layer that you hit on, Brian, was that I was going to also kind of comment on is the family loves Notre Dame, right? Like his mom is very adamant and very transparent about how much she loves Notre Dame. So I think that he's locked in. I think the family's locked in with the decision. I'm not worried about that at all right, right now. To your to your point, though. Payton is a very respectable young man who is, I think that he's one of those kids that is just very, he's very thankful for all Mm -hmm. the schools that have recruited him. So he returns the calls. He returns the texts. He, you know, talks to them. This isn't a a point where he's just like, I'm not answering the phone anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily a negative. It's just, it makes you think that things are a little more open than maybe they particularly are. 
So this is going to be one where you're not going to feel a hundred percent or complete ease until Peyton ultimately does sign with Notre Dame. But for now, like you said, if things change in the fall, as far as visits and all that conversation does, I'm going to think a little bit differently, but based upon everything I've heard recently and the interview, he also did with Brian Smith. I'm not worried about Peyton Bowen not right. being in the class right now. Just right. Not. I think the family party I've talked about, somebody brought up like Dante Moore and Morin Walker. First of all, we said all summer last, I said all summer last summer, the Notre Dame wasn't going to get Morin Walker. So they're completely different scenarios. The, the difference between Dante Moore and in this instance is Dante's Moore's family didn't want him to go to Notre Dame. That's a difference between Peyton Bowen. So, and the same thing with the Morin Walker. So you have to look at every circumstance uniquely and differently. And that's the reality of it. So as long as he continues to, you know, because here's the other thing. Somebody else brought up another point too. Mm-hmm. If his family's going on a trip somewhere with Eli, is he supposed to just stay home? Exactly. Exactly. Right. It's a great point. It's a great point. Yeah. So, I mean, that's another, that's another aspect of it. So we'll see how it goes, but that's kind of where, that's why we are coming. Now, look, as we said at the beginning, we understand why people, feel differently. I get it. I mean, I get, I don't, I don't chalk that up to BK PTSD. When a kid goes to another campus, that's a concern. Right. And so, you know, and and Peyton has visited Alabama since I think his Notre Dame visit, I believe, didn't he go to Alabama after the Notre Dame visit? Yeah. Uh, There's, you know, there's talk about him going to this thing or that thing, you know, those are all legitimate concerns. If he follows throughs with those visits, if he then takes visits in the fall, but even then it's like, is, is he taking a visit because of Eli or is he taking a visit be- with Eli or is this is where he's being recruited? It's a very interesting situation. And at some point in time, these schools are going to have to start saying, okay, if we want Eli, do we then try to recruit Peyton while he's here? Then maybe you know, that hurts us with Eli. It's a very strange situation when you have two brothers that are a year apart. Yes. You know, agree. so, and then um, that's kind of where, where that is. Now let's move on to this other one. People saying that Ben Minich's offer has to do with Peyton Bowen. It's not even remotely close to being accurate. This is what we've yep. been told all along. Ben Minich visited Notre Dame or camped at Notre Dame this summer and looked really good. Mm-hmm. At the time, Notre Dame was wanting a third safety. Now I think we could debate whether a third safety is a need after some things I've learned recently. I understand why a third safety is a need, not a want, because we had said early, Ryan, it was more of a want than a need. Yeah, I think now it's going to be more of a more of a of a need just because of how the roster is going to shake out with certain players. Mm-hmm. This is about Caleb Downs, right. not Peyton Bowen. If yep. they offer another safety along with Ben along with Ben Minich, then you get worried about Peyton Bowen, or sure. it, it being because of Peyton Bowen. This has nothing to do with Peyton Bowen. This has to do with they gave their best shot to Caleb Downs. It's very obvious now that they're not getting him. He's going to go to either Alabama, Georgia, or Ohio State. That's just that's just the reality of it. Yep. So this is this is a move that has to do with that, and that's why it's coming when it is. And so I'm just telling you what our sources and every single aspect of this have told us. This was about Caleb Downs. Uh, this is something we've been told weeks ago could happen. It actually happened a little bit earlier than I thought. I was gonna. Yes. I thought they were going to offer him when he visited because we anticipate him visiting soon. But they decided to offer him beforehand. Sure. So it's a it's an interesting move. We're going to talk about Ben a little bit as a player, but obviously people are going to start drawing uh, parallels that are just inaccurate. And 
you know, you can take it for whatever you, however you want to take it. But the reality is this has nothing to do with, with Peyton Bowen. This has everything to do with Caleb Downs because as we saw Notre Dame put, look, you're going to miss kids sometimes, right? As I sit back and I say, you know, I think there are some things that we could get into and maybe we'll have this discussion on the, the premium board at some point in time. Like, I think maybe there are things you could have maybe done differently with Jason Moore. I do. And and we'll dive into that. Sure. With Caleb Downs, I, I don't know what else Notre Dame could have done. Sometimes you're just going to put everything you have and you do a great job and the kid loves you. He just likes other people more. And I think that's kind of what happened with Caleb Downs. So this is where Ben Minich's offer is coming from, right? It, it, it's about Caleb Downs, not Peyton Bowen. Yeah, and again, I understand why some people look at it, Brian, and they do make that parallel to Peyton Bowen because that's that's a talking point, right, recently. It's like, oh, is Peyton, again, for the like 20th time this offseason, is Peyton Bowen locked in? Is he looking at other schools? Yada, yada, yada. The conversation gets brought up, and then pretty shortly after, this morning, Ben Minich gets offered. So you're kind of like, oh, that must be a direct correlation to Peyton Bowen. But I love that you kind of painted this picture. It's not about Peyton Bowen. It's simply they're not going to get Caleb Downs. And it stinks. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, I mean, again, like he's a five-star top 10 caliber player in the country, in my opinion, Caleb Downs, and in a couple other recruiting services opinions as well. He's a fantastic player. You gave your best shot. Nothing to feel bad for if you're Notre Dame. I mean, literally, it was always going to be an uphill battle, and they battled until the end. Let's give them credit for that, man. They were. It was always going to be tough getting Caleb Downs out of the Southeast. I don't think he's going to go to Ohio State personally. I think he's going to end up at Alabama or Georgia. We'll see what the final verdict is. But this one is Notre Dame wants a third safety. They're not going to get Caleb Downs, and they have identified Ben Minich as that third safety. And this is something also – with the timing thing, like you said, Brian, we heard about this weeks ago that they were doing the evaluation of him. They were taking a look at him. And when he checked those boxes, sort of like Joe Otting, right? Like the 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 um the sizing them up and just trying to check those boxes. The minute he did that, they liked him, right? So I mean, not that they liked him. They kind of just fo- checked that final box for him, right. if that makes sense. And, and you got to understand, too, he was not a kid that was really on Notre Dame's radar as an offerable player until he came to camp in June. That's the other aspect of it is he earned his he earned the opportunity to get an offer with depending on how things shook out. So that's the other thing you have to consider is is that is if he doesn't camp at Notre Dame this summer and it wasn't an Irish invasion, it was a different camp and test and work out and do the things in front of the staff the way he did. He doesn't have an offer right now. They'd be going in a different direction. Now, we'll dive into the film. I don't. Per, I mean, I got to see his senior film. I, I I don't, I view him right now, if I'm just being honest as a good football player, but more of a Purdue, Indiana, Cincinnati type of football player. Now, again, Cincinnati just beat Notre Dame, but it's not sure. that, you know, it's a different situation, but I, I view him as a good football player that, that is a big 10 caliber guy, but a Purdue, Indiana, Minnesota, Illinois type of big 10 player. Mm-hmm. Now, what I was told is, that's kind of it was Notre Dame's opinion as well, which is why they didn't offer and and why he had to come to camp to earn it. He tested extremely well, performed very well at the camp, and that's why Notre Dame likes him. I had I didn't see that, so I can't change my opinion based on camp. Number one, I I, I I'm that's just not how I operate unless I see every single drill a kid had. So I've got to see the senior film, and we'll be open to it, just like I was when remember when when Adon Schuler committed after his sophomore year. I said, you know, he's a good player, you know, but I, I got questions about the athleticism and all that, but I'll be open minded about it because he does have some other traits I like. 
Sure. I saw instincts. I saw hitting. And I see a lot of that in Ben Minich. I see a kid that's instinctive, makes a lot of plays, but I don't see a Notre Dame caliber athlete on film. And that's how I felt about a Don Schuler after a sophomore when he committed to Notre Dame. But we were told then he had a great camp. He, he tested better. And so I said, okay, I'll be open-minded to see what he does in the fall. And then you went and saw that athleticism jump on the football field. And so now our opinion of a Don Schuler is much higher. So you, you always have to be open to it, but um, you know, we're also not the type that all of a sudden, just because Notre Dame offered, we think he's a better player. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like, I got to see the film. That's that's the reality of it. We got to see the film and see how he projects and how he progresses and all those type of things. But Notre Dame likes him, and that's why it was. And there was a, a comment from Brandon that I want to address too. Uh, Brandon says, "Why didn't the staff pursue King Mac?" Now that's a question that I've raised to Ryan publicly i'd I'd try to go flip king mac i love king mac uh they the concern that notre dame has always had about king mac is size so they're he's like five nine five ten and that's the concern now i i don't care he's a i mean he's a playmaker and a burner and i would always want to get into st thomas aquinas down in florida that's just my opinion penn state got a really good one yes yes big pickup now i would have tried to flip him but the staff isn't as high on king mac as i am the other thing, too, Brandon, uh, to, to your question, because it's a very fair question, especially with how high I am on a guy like King Mac. The timing is also different. And this is what I I, I, I want to make clear from what I said at the beginning, just because I've said it and kind of moved on from it. Mm-hmm. When the when sort of the the spring started from a recruiting standpoint, a third safety wasn't necessarily a need. Then they went through spring ball. The roster shakes out certain ways. Some guys that they, maybe they thought were going to be at safety didn't perform as well. Maybe some guys, and I'm kind of thinking of the freshman class here with Jaden Bellamy, that they thought could play safety, maybe projects more as a slot out to corner type of player. And that's saying that for a reason, right? And so I think the situation has changed as well. Also, there are certain players on the board they wanted at positions that they had already met their need that they didn't get. Biggest thing is the lines. They wanted four linemen and five linemen, four on defense and five on offense. But there were two players they would have taken to get past that. Monroe Freeling, they're out with now. So mm-hmm. they're not going to take a sixth offensive lineman. And now that Jason Moore's off the board, they're not going to take a fifth defensive lineman. So now that has opened up another safety spot even more to where with Caleb Downs, it was we're going to take Caleb Downs because he's too good not to take. Sure. <laughs> and you could have made it work. Now it's the third safety becomes a need and there's additional room. Because remember, when the spring started, we were talking about the with you know leading for Jason Moore at the time, leading for Dante Moore at the time, leading for other players. You started looking at saying like, boy, they're, they're going to get up to twenty seven, and um, you know you, you look at it and say, you you, you got to be careful about the new offers you're putting out. Well, now it's looking more like twenty five, so there's now room, and now you can feel better about taking a kid like Ben Minich who projects as a safety, but at the very least is going to be a really good special teams player for you. And and bring some two-way value. We talk a lot about two-way value. He actually, some of his film at receiver looks even better to me than his film on on defense at times. And I think part of the thing too, and I so I, I got to try to watch him this fall, but part of the thing too is I, when you watch him, he's always playing next to Malik Hartford. And that hurts, as, that hurts because like you're looking at like that's the dude that Notre Dame, you know, that's the kind of guy Notre Dame should be going after, Malik Hartford, who's committed to Ohio State. And then you watch Ben Mitch, like, yeah, he's a good football player, but he's not that guy, right? 
And that's something I think hurts my evaluation of Ben Minich as well. So I'm, I'm going to keep an open mind about him. And again, he's a good football player. He's a Purdue, Indiana type of guy based on film I see right now. He's also a really smart kid. He has offers from Princeton, Harvard, and Yale. So that fits as well. But it's 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 the Notre Dame's evaluation if we're, is, is, again, based on stuff that we haven't seen. And so I'm trying to be honest about what we think about him and not change that view because Notre Dame has now offered him, but also to say, but I want to be, Ryan is going to be, and we want all of you to be open-minded to see if what we're being told about him and his jump in athleticism then shows up on film. He was reported as having run a 10-4-7 in the 100. That was wind-aided. His times are consistently in the 10-7s and 10-8s, which is good, but that's more like you know mid to high 4-5-ish type of good. You know, yep. maybe a low four five type of good. It's not like four four type of goods. But his other athletic numbers check out well. Those are all good things. I just I'm going to be open minded about it. But just right now, he's a guy that I look at and say that's a depth player for now, right? Assuming Notre Dame. I mean, we don't even know if definitely Notre Dame is going to get him. He's got to visit and and all that kind of stuff, and we'll kind of see how it goes. But that's kind of where we are um, at this point in time. And so somebody said. Look, folks, we got got to chill out a little bit. This is not a desperation offer. Notre Dame is far from being in that situation. Sometimes it's okay for us to say they like him more than I do. Sure. Without it being a desperation thing or, you know. How's it? How, I don't understand how it's a desperation thing when you have Peyton Bowen and Adam Schuler already in the class. Right. I don't get how right. that's a desperation. Well, I think thing. that's probably coming from, and I'm not, I'm speaking for someone, this may not be their reasoning, but. I, I think part of it is because people who still think Peyton Bowen is going to leave the class are going to never view this as anything sure. other than a fear about Peyton Bowen, which I understand. Sure. I actually understand that. Sure. I do. Sure. Yeah, I do. I get that. I get that. I do. I, I would say, I would say this about Ben Minich is the reason that I am kind of keeping my eye, my eye open to it is I have not seen the kid in person. And this would be one of the kids, Brian, for me of the offers on the board that I would most like to see in person, because I have a feeling that he might be a player that, is a lot more impressive athletically in person than he is on film. Mm-hmm. And because I, we mentioned it, Notre Dame needed to see him in person, mm-hmm. right? Like that was like the, his film didn't like, blow them yes, away either. Right. hundred percent. It was the fact of eyeing him up, see him in, in person, seeing the athleticism work in front of your eyes. Right. There are some players that do not <clears throat> pop on film. It doesn't mean they're not a good football player. Right. It means that there's some part of your game that you appreciate more in person than you do on film. Right. So so we'll find out, right? And we'll definitely we'll definitely see we'll definitely see how this all pans out. So uh, the, his film is definitely going to be some of the first I watch early in the fall. We'll, we'll put it that way. There, there's no question about it. But I do want to emphasize: look, we are confident with where Notre Dame is right now in Peyton Bowen. That could change if he continues to take more visits. But as of right now, that's where he's at. Uh, we like Ben Minich as a player. I think he's a good Big Ten caliber player, but not necessarily a Notre Dame, Ohio State caliber guy. Uh, Notre Dame, he really earned an offer this summer, which means I got to see what his fall film is. Now, he, he checked in about six foot tall, over 180 pounds. Testing numbers were good this summer. And then he, of course, blew it away in drills. So we will we will see kind of how it plays out. But but when look, here's the deal. Some, somebody kind of. Here's kind of a thing for me too, Ryan, that um, 
so, somebody said this. I want to pull this up. Nine uh, M problems BK one. Also, Brian, you are pretty clear often that you'd uh, put more weight on the staff's evaluation than yours or anyone else's. Doesn't make them right, but they have earned the benefit of the doubt so far. I don't. I don't put anyone's evaluation over my own, just because if I don't trust my own evaluation enough, I shouldn't have an opinion on a guy, right? Sure. It's more of um. So so, but I, I get where you're coming from, ninety nine. But it's more of a. There are people that were on the previous staff that I didn't care what they thought about a prospect. Didn't care. I didn't. I didn't trust their evaluation. What I have learned about several members of the coaching of this coaching staff is that. I like, for example, well, I won't get into that because then the, yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, not going <laughs> to go there. This, uh, I was about to open up a can of worms. What we is, talked about is yesterday. This, is this an IB tailgate uh, conversation? No, no, no. It's gonna... it's just not even worth getting into at this point gotcha. in time. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. But uh, gotcha. like, like with Marcus Freeman, with, with Al Washington, what I know of Al Washington, with Mike Mickens, for example, uh, I'm, I'm with Dean McCullough who's been coaching running backs at a high level for a long time. If Dylan McCullough likes a kid that I don't love, Jay Lamar is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame likes Jaden Lamar more than I do. Sure. And and I'm honest about what my evaluation is, but it, but I'm also open to, okay, I trust that guy's analysis of running backs. So yeah. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and, and be open-minded to seeing more of that kid. That's part of the reason I hired Ryan, to be honest with you. Do I trust Ryan's evaluations more than mine? No. Does Ryan trust my evaluation more than his? I hope not because I want that conviction, but it's about having enough respect for someone else and what they've proven to say, you know what? I'm going to take a second look at this kid, which is I've been open about is, is what I did with Jaden Allsbury. So I think, I think it's more that it's just, there's more coach. I've known Al Golden for over 20 years. Now I've only met him a couple times in passing at different coaching clinics and things like that, but I've known him, like I've known of him. We recruited the same schools. I've known, I've studied, you know, with what he did at Virginia back in the day and and what he did at Temple. I know that guy knows how to evaluate film. So if that kid tells me he thinks a kid can play, I'm going to, and I don't like the kid, I'm going to give the kid a second look. So it's more about that. So with Ben Minich, because like, if I trusted their evaluation more than mine, I would sit, be standing here saying, this is a great, this would be a great pickup. This offer makes total sense. This kid can play at Notre Dame because why? Because Marcus Freeman and Chris O'Leary and Al Golden said so. That's not what we're saying. What I am saying, however, I trust this staff enough, especially Chris O'Leary. I won't say that about, cause I just don't know enough about him. Uh, same thing with like Chancey Stuckey. I wouldn't say that I trust Chancey Stuckey's evaluation more than mine because I don't know enough about him as an evaluator to, to say that about Mike Mickens, I trust because of his track record going all the way back to Bowling Green. Sure. And, and, and different things like that. So it's a, it's a, it, it, that's where it comes from, but it's, it's like, it, there's enough of the coaches that I trust to say, I'm going to be open-minded to see what this kid does in the fall. Now, if we see him in the fall, right. And he's the same guy that we saw on junior film, then I'll say, look, I think there's better players. They could have, they could have got, sure. but right now, you know, there's a lot of uncommitted safeties on the board that Notre Dame has offered. Why him? Right. They see something in him from a player standpoint and also from a a fit standpoint, too. Because that's the thing is, he's your third safety, meaning it's a chance he's going to come in and not be a starter. It takes a different type of personality, a, a versatility, a, su- a success in other areas. It's going to lead to that to him being the, the fit. Right. And, and so that's why I wanted I, I look at it and I say, hey, this is um this is a guy that okay, I understand it, right? And that's really where I want to get to. 
but we can't really say that definitively until we get to the fall and see what he does on film. I hope that answers the question, 99. It's a very fair thing to say. And I think you're, you're, you're accurate to say that um, I, I, there's definitely a, a higher level of respect for the evaluation of the current coaching staff than I did of the past coaching staff. Even some of the coaches I liked, I just, I often didn't agree with their analysis of players. I, I, I liked Mike Elson. I thought Mike Elson did a very good job at Notre Dame. Very good job. And, you know, but I had a lot more disagreements with him on evaluations than I have had so far with guys on the current staff. It's just, but it's just, he liked certain things. I just thought Notre Dame should have done better. And we'll see if this is a similar situation, right? So I just, very fair question, but I, I want to, I wanted to address it because I think it's a very, it's a very good comment to, to bring yeah. up. So Ryan, next, I want to talk about quarterback. So Austin Nova said, so obviously there's been some things that have happened. We're going to update people on that. We're not going to talk a lot about Austin as a player. We've already done that, but there's some potential moving parts here that we wanted to get people uh, caught up on. Yeah. I mean, so obviously he was on Irish players club yesterday and he mentioned something about, you know, visiting it at some point. So I reached out to someone because I'd reached out to Austin a couple of times and it's just kind of been a work in progress to get up to Notre Dame, you know, like figuring out scheduling and getting up because it's a shorter window, obviously, for trying to get up to Notre Dame because he still wants to make a decision before summer ends. Like he wants to make it right. So reached out to someone close to him. Tentatively, they are trying for the last week of July. So near the barbecue date, which is the 26th. So right around that date, they are trying to make it work. It is not something that is cemented but it is something that is likely to happen. Yeah. So we do not have the official dates. We do not know how long he's going to stay. We don't have any of that information, but they are shooting for that last week in July. It looks like that is most likely going to be the window that they are right. going to be able to visit Notre Dame. And I think right now it's safe to say that the question is, is more of when in that window he visits. Not It's not so much if he's going to visit. I don't think that's as much of a question right now, unless things change between now and then it's more of a when it's not definitely going to be on the day of the barbecue. And honestly, I think it's probably smarter to not have it be on the day of the barbecue. Yeah. And this this is a kid you're trying to land. This is a quarterback, and you've got one shot at this because he has said he wants to make his decision before the fall. He has been very clear. I don't have the relationship with the Notre Dame staff that I have with others because they just got involved later. Sure. That's just the way that it is. So I don't know if I want him splitting time with all the other studs that are going to be on campus and some of the kids that you like in the 2024 class. I think it'd be best if you can to have him on a different date where you can sit him down and Tommy Reese can spend all day with him. If he wants to spend all day with coach Reese, he can sit down and do all these things with, without having to worry about his schedule around other players. So I actually think it would be smart for Notre Dame to, to not bring him in on that date if it's possible. So, uh, so I, and, but I think that's where we're at. I think we can safely say it's a matter of when in that schedule, not if he'll make it that week is where things stand right now. The question I have, Ryan, is is yep. I'm I think this next week for him, week plus, depending on when he comes, is going to be the make or break period for Notre Dame in his 100%. recruitment. 100%. You've got several days to kind of continue closing that gap, getting him in a frame of mind where you can potentially win him over when he gets on campus. If you can't, here's it's like this, it's plain and simple. If you aren't his leader by the time he leaves campus next week, you're not going to get him. You have to at least pull even with everybody else. Then you can maybe pull ahead afterwards. But you're not going to be behind Ohio State, A&M, and Baylor coming in 
which I think is somewhat safe to say because there's just the unknown. He's been to those places. He hasn't been to Notre Dame. So I don't care how much he likes Notre Dame. He, you can't say he's, you know, in this particular instance, other kids, it's different, but you can't say that they're definitely, oh, there's leader. I've, I've had people say uh, if he visits, they're going to get him. Maybe. Right. But I, but I think there's a closing that has to happen because I do think going in at least two of those schools are, I wouldn't say they lead Notre Dame, but he's more comfortable with them. Is that a, a, a fair way to say it, Ryan? No, it's very fair. So coming yeah. out of that visit, you have to have pulled ahead. So it doesn't just happen, though, during the visit. It's going to be all leading up to it. And you could tell from his comments, it's Tommy Reese, it's Marcus Freeman, it's Chad Bowden, it's the whole staff is is working. And the recruits, the Notre Dame commits, are working hard with him. There's no doubt about it. I'm going to use a baseball analogy real quick, right? So this one is in the eighth inning. You're tied up. You have the runner at third, two outs. You're trying to get that single in to to go up by one run, going into the ninth so that you can close the game out, right? This is where you are. This isn't necessarily the last chance, but this is a chance to pull ahead, right? Because there's always going to be ground that could be made up by other teams. If he visits another school, who knows what's going to happen after the Notre Dame visit. But you have to go into the ninth inning feeling good about your chances because there's going to be other opportunities over the phone, continuing to build those relationships. But this is big because this is the first time he'll be in Notre Dame, first time he'll see these coaches in person. So they need to knock it out of the park, quite literally. So little baseball analogy for you, but I think it's really important to Brian's point. You need to you need to you need to hit away here, right? Like you need right. to your best foot forward. You need to put everything out there. Coach Reese. And the rest of this staff, Coach Freeman, if this is really the player that they want, Austin Novosad, they need you need to come out of this visit feeling like you are at least in the conversation, right? Like you need to be able to close the game out in the ninth. Yeah, and it would be big. I mean, you saw him get a big rankings bump recently. Uh, I think uh, I think two four seven put him in the top hundred, and then. Uh, I don't remember where he was ranked before. I know he wasn't in their top 247. I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, and then on three, put him inside the top 200. And then Rivals has him, I think, like around like 136, if I if I remember correctly, Ryan. I think Rivals has him there. Yeah, it's I'm somewhere around there. pulling up his rankings now. And I don't think ESPN has really updated him since, uh, since the rank. Yeah, he's a, still a three-star on ESPN. But, yeah, he's 136 on Rivals, 89 on 247 Sports, and 188 on, on three. You know, a week ago, he's not ranked that high by all of them. He's ascending, he's, ascending right, he's player. definitely an ascending player. Yeah. Uh, so from a, re- a, a recruiting ranking standpoint, he'd be a big pickup. But Notre Dame isn't look, re- looking at Austin Novosad because they care about the recruiting rankings. They think this kid can play. And, and yeah, the Texas aspect helps, but they think he can play. And I think that's kind of where it is. So you've got to play this one out and see how how it feels, you know, how it goes. And, and then depending on how it goes, you know, there's other options on the board, which we've talked about that Notre Dame likes a lot as well. It's just this one had to move a little quicker because of sure. how everything went. So with the timeline, um, yep. right? Yep. And and I, I I couldn't even say definitively that that Nova said is definitely the top guy that they want. I I, I don't have the, I don't know the answer to that. Right? I'm not saying he isn't. I don't know the answer to that. I haven't been told that by anybody. I just think he's obviously the higher ranked kid, which is different conversation for a different day. Yep. Uh, but it's just more of it's it's the one that needs the most conversation because he's the one that's actively looking and is wanting to wrap things up quickly. 
And For so sure. I think no, that's part of Notre Dame's evaluation with this process as well. So it's a very mm-hmm. interesting thing, but we're, we're going to have closure on this one, one way or the other in over the next month, I would say, because yes. he said he wants to get it done before senior season. Yep. What we don't know, whenever kid says that, what we don't know, unless they say it specifically, does that mean before your senior season, meaning you want to do it before your camp starts right. or before your first game? And that's what I, and that's different for different kids. So that's what makes it a little bit interesting um, mm-hmm. at this point in time. So Ryan, before we dive into Ronan Hannafin, I did want to spend uh, just a few minutes kind of popping up Ben Minich's film. So we can kind of say, yeah. you know, we, I want to, we want to point out these are things we like, but also these are some things that we look at and say, hey, this is where we think this young man needs to get better. And these are the things that we'll be looking for in the spring. Because what you're going to see when we pop this film up, Ryan, is this is a good football player. It, it, it is. I mean, if I'm telling you he's a Big Ten caliber football player, that's a good football player. The question that we're going to have is, is he a guy that when we look at him, that is a, is a, is he a Notre Dame guy? And that's kind of what we think. But the one thing is he, he does make a lot of plays. Uh, He's like we said, he's checked in this summer, a little under six foot round six foot, I should say, excuse me, uh, over 180 pounds. So he's definitely a guy that, um, you know, a guy that can, uh, you know, has good size for the position you see there, he's got some speed. You know, I mean, yep. he can run. You know, he's, this is this is a good play. He plays in Cincinnati, and if you know anything about Ohio, where he plays in Lakota West, very good level of football. They play St. X. I mean, they play a really really challenging schedule. So that is one thing you know. He is he is playing good good programs. He does come from a quality level of football that I think Notre Dame needs to recruit hard. Cincinnati's an area that can be very favorable to Notre Dame and has in the past. That I'd like to see the staff spend a little bit more more time on. Don't disagree. I think the one thing that I, the things that I really do like Brian is I think that he has really good acceleration to him. I think he gets mm-hmm. up to his top speed very quickly. And I think he's got some really nice short area quickness. Like I think this is a kid that can play like a big nickel type of role, maybe a little bit of a Rover, you know, in, in obvious passing situations. Like I think he has mm-hmm. that quick twitch acceleration to him. I mean, you can mm-hmm. see on that play, he sticks his foot in the ground and he's able to get downhill in a hurry. Yep. I, I think, Ryan, I see a kid that's instinctive. I see a kid that has a good feel for the game. You know, you see on a lot of these plays, he's kind of working through trash, getting, you know, getting to the ball. It, it's it's similar to what we were praising Jaden Osbury for the other day. Like, he's coming from the backside here. So he goes across the field in motion, just so you can see this. This is him kind of going across the field in motion. He ends up following it, getting across, the tra- working through the trash, and then goes low and he makes a tackle. He's not a super powerful kid. That's one of the concerns I have. He he, he doesn't, he, you know, when he arrives at the ball, he doesn't necessarily come with a lot of a lot of force. He's a good tackler. This play right here shows a little bit of the instincts and feel. You know, again, he runs well. Is he does he run like you'd expect a Notre Dame DB? That's what I don't see yet on film. That's really what it boils down to for me, Ryan. Is I just don't see a guy that has that that elite elite speed. But you know, Jalen Elliott didn't have that either. You know, right. I just I think Jalen was a lot twitchier, in my opinion, than what I see from Ben Minich. I think this kid is much more short area quickness than long speed guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't think that that's I don't think you're going to get like incredible range on the back end. Right. I think that he's the closer you get to the line of scrimmage, the more that he's able to work in the slot and in space. You know, kind of mm-hmm. a little more. You know, to work to his strengths from a from a short area perspective. I think that that's kind of where he really at least in my opinion mm-hmm. right now, I think that that's where he flourishes on film. Right. I think the other thing too that I, that, that I like about, or that I noticed too, Ryan is 
to your point, you know, he I do like him as a potential slot guy. Yeah. You know, he, he does have some fluidity there. He is a guy that can change direction relatively well, not super, 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 super twitchy, but you see it right here, he's kind of coming working laterally, opens up, gets clean there up the seam, picks the ball off. That's a good play. That's a good, it's good. He's a, it, Go ahead, Ryan. It, it's it's a good job by him to get into the frame of the receiver there without without interfering, though, right? Like I think there is a decent decent amount of technique here to kind of use his momentum against uh, offensive players. And I mean, even like right there, you see it takes a good angle work it inside out. I think the angles and I think his technique overall is it's pretty good, man. Like I think there's some good traits from a quickness and athleticism perspective from short areas. Mm-hmm. I, I do have questions. Though. I, I have questions over what is the upside of a player like this? Is he more than right. a depth player? And I'll be very honest about that, but I think he's a good football player. Mm-hmm. It's just upside, I guess, is my biggest right. hold up with Ben. Minich. Right. And I, and I think part of it too, is he, he's, he's being punished by how good the class is, you know? Um, hold on a second. Uh, we got to, if you can't be respectful, you're just not going to be here. So see ya. To me, here's why to respond to the comment of the the person who just got blocked from the channel. Here's why pop matters, because this is against high school players. And when you're watching a kid go against high school players and he's not arriving with force, when he goes against Division I players, he's going to get run over. That's why it matters. You can't just be as a safety we're not talking about a corner here where you can just ankle tackle all day long when guys catch hitch routes, right? Yeah. You're talking about a safety that's got to be able to, to tackle tight ends, running backs, quarterbacks. If you don't have the strength to handle playing like that, then you're going to be someone who is going to have a hard time bringing down those bigger players at the next level. And that's why it matters. And that's one of the things that I, I want to see from Ben as he's a senior. Again, this is junior and high school film. He's going to get stronger. Notre Dame has seen enough from him this summer to make them feel that, um, you know, to feel comfortable with making that offer. So that's kind of what I see from him. Yeah. Yeah. I also do like Brian that he plays both sides of the football. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I think that that's a big thing for like ball skills, right? Like he's used to catching the football, which I think is another big plus for him is that he's kind of got that all around athlete, right? Like maybe he's not a standout in every area, but I think the fact that he has an overall good profile and he put some special teams highlights on here, man, which is awesome to see, you know, and because that is going to be a sticking point to him probably early is if he lands with Notre Dame, he's going to have to impact special teams mm-hmm. and be a core teamer. Right. He has those highlights on film where he shows his ability to run down the football field, close on the right. ball. And I think that that's, there's some good stuff on here, man. There's the no instincts in the field is really impressive. And, and he's a good right. athlete. That's why I say like, if I'm te- if I'm saying that you're a Big Ten level football player, that's a good football player. Yeah, you know, again, and I, and that's what I was saying earlier. I think the thing that's hurt him is because of Notre Dame has landed such impact players and so much like starting caliber players across the board that this guy comes in and you're like, you know, maybe he's a rotation. Well, in the past we've said you need guys like that. You know what I mean? So, you know. I think that's hurting him. Do you know what I mean, Ryan? Like all the kids, yeah. they're t- running like, yeah, this guy's a star. This guy's really good. This kid's a good football player. I mean, I think this clip sure. is an example of it. Yeah, no, and, and I think the athleticism is is more than enough. Again, we're just trying to highlight what we see as an athlete that is because again, I just I just think he's a little more 
quick than fast. And that's not a bad thing because there's a lot of players that are like that. Like I would say a a Loki Gilman was a guy that was quicker than he was fast, but he was still a really good safety, but he wasn't, I mean, what's the comment ran like four, six, one or something like that. Like he's just not the greatest athlete, but you don't always have to be when you're that instinctive. Right. And here, here's kind of the thing for me, Ryan, that when I, when I, when I look at him, where I, why it matters to me about the quick, than fast and all that it's the it's the com there's all the things that he that to me keep me from saying right now on this film he's a notre dame caliber kid all of them i can live with it's just when you have more of them that's when i have a little bit more of like okay so it's it's the combination of okay he's more quick than fast you don't see the long range which limits how you use him Right. So like what that means, what Ryan is saying, like you're not going to see him, in my opinion, playing center field a lot. That's okay. There's a role for that. You're not going to see him working from a ton of depth because that's right. an increased amount of space. You want to decrease right. the space with this type of player. In my right. Opinion. And so, you know, the, the, that's a, but that's OK. There's a role for a guy like that. OK. Mm-hmm. The thing for me is it's when you combine that with the fact that he doesn't arrive with a lot of force for a safety. That's a much bigger concern for me than someone who is a is a corner. Right. And so it's just a couple of those things, you know, he's got decent size, but not, you know, not great size, but he is an athlete, you know, he, and he's a very instinctive football player. And again, I see why they like him. I see why they, why he came to camp. I just have to see on film, the stuff that they saw that caused them to throw out an offer. And, and I, and I think that's kind of where I'm at and that's what I'm going to be open-minded to. So what are the things we're going to be looking for when we watch him this fall? Mm-hmm. I want to see if he does close a little bit better on the football, right? I want to see if he does have a little bit more burst. If some of the times I've been told about him are accurate, I think we're going to see him playing with a little bit more burst this this fall, Ryan. Uh, you know, if if he's filled out the way that we have been told he's filled out from a, a, a size standpoint this summer, I think we could see him arrive at the football with a little bit more force. And so those are the things that we're going to talk about. But what you see is a pretty fluid athlete. You see a kid that's really got some – he's got decent length. I mean, he's not real big, but he's got decent length. He's, you know, six-footish, you know, uh, good yeah. arm length. Uh, mm-hmm. Those things are there. You, you Kid makes a lot of plays in the football and makes a lot of plays in the football for a kid who also plays with one of the best safeties in, high, in, in, in the country, in Malik Hartford. Yes. Yep. So, you know, that's going to be part of it as well. And he's also a kid that I think brings a little bit of if he can't play safety and a need arrives at receiver, he could play receiver as in a rotation role as well. Sure. And we sure. always talk about how important it is to have versatility. I think the fact that he could be an alley safety and a slot combined with a special teams player combined with he could help you at receiver in a pinch are all things that work in Ben Minich's favor. And and yep. I and, and those things you really value if you're going to have a depth player in a class and, and, and that's our opinion, that's not Notre Dame's opinion, right? We're not, sure. or I don't know what their opinion is from that regard. That's, I just want to make sure we're clear that that's our opinion of him. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have a depth player in a 25 man class ish, mm-hmm. he's got to be a guy that brings some versatility. And Especially that's something value. that I, yes. And that's right. something that I like about, about him. And, and I would like to say this too, Brian, we talked a little bit about the special teams value that he brings. Someone asked, I think, in the chat at one point, is this a Brian Mason recruit? No, this is a safety right. recruit this that is Brian a, yeah. Mason is also going to sign off and say, like, yeah, I, I like him right. too. You know, like I want right. him potentially all my defense, but they're not recruiting this kid just to be a special team st- stalwart. Like right. they think that he can play football right. 
at safety at Notre Dame. And then also the special teams value is a big bonus to that. Right. So right. I just want that to be uh, mm-hmm. very apparent. Yes. Very good point. Very good point. Let's move on to Ronan Hannafin. All right. Let's talk a little bit about what I want to kind of start off with first mm-hmm. is uh, just a reminder of, of where things are in his recruitment. Sure. And then I want to dive into film because that was really the main point of us wanting to talk about Ronan Hannafin was just his talent and and reminding people why we think he's so good as opposed to just talking about it, showing the film to show why we feel that way. But yeah. it's still, to me, a two-team race, and it's Notre Dame and Clemson. I still feel like Notre Dame is the team to beat. I still feel that way uh, based on everything I've learned. I just feel like Clemson has made this a lot harder than I thought that they were going to make it. And that is the concern. And I think it's, you know, I, I feel like the longer it goes on, obviously the the more concerned I get, I'm just going to be completely honest with you. I don't expect this to go into the fall. I think he'll have a decision before the summer is over, Agreed. but I, but I do anticipate, you know, Notre Dame is going to be in a battle to the end. Now I do feel like part of the reason it's taking as long is because Ronan wants to make a decision that's done. Sure. You know, he's not one of those, you know, I, I, I'm making a, an emotional decision and then I, I regret it and I flip in three months. Like if you know Ronan and his family at all, part of the reason this is taking so long is that they're very thorough. Yes. Um, and and he he's he's it's, it's a lot like where Dante Moore was. It's probably the wrong analogy to use since it didn't end in Notre Dame's favor. Uh, it's how Jaden Osbury is. Right. How about that? It's how Jaden was. And, and it's how Christian Gray was, you know, uh, Christian Gray. Jeremiah knew, Love has some of it. There you go. Him. It's yeah. I, I want to make this decision once. Right. I'd rather take more time to make the right decision that I'm not going to look back on with regret than to, you know, make an emotional one during a visit or right after a visit. And then I regret it later. Agreed. Sometimes Agreed. I think some kids um, overthink things, to be honest with you. And I wonder if that's kind of happening a little bit with Ronan. Uh, that's just my read on the situation. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is Notre Dame is still pushing hard. Uh, Tommy Reese is pushing hard. Marcus Freeman's pushing hard. They both won him in a big way. You know, I think uh, the relationship with Chancey Stuckey is evolving. You know, because again, when when Notre Dame first started recruiting him, they were recruiting him as a defensive player. I believe Clemson has been recruiting him as a receiver from jump. Notre Dame recruited him, I should say, as an athlete, but I believe it was the defensive staff that got on him first. Then it was like, we like him a receiver. He wants to play receiver. That, so I, I, in some ways, Notre Dame's been playing a little bit of catch-up from a relationship standpoint with Clemson a little bit. And that's that would be the only thing that would make me feel a little bit a uh, little bit uneasy about where Notre Dame stands at this point in time. Sure, sure. I, I mean, I think, I think you kind of hit pretty much everything, Brian. I, I think that most people that we have spoken to believe that Notre Dame is still the leader. But Clemson has done a really good job, man. I mean, hat tip to them. They have done because mm-hmm. they're playing from behind, and I think that they have narrowed the gap. I still think Notre Dame ultimately is the favorite for Ronan Hannafin. And if it ends sometime soon, I still feel pretty good about Notre Dame's chances. But give Clemson credit. I mean, right. they've done a great job in this one. They have. They've sold, they have been very consistent with their selling point to your points, right? Their pitch has been consistent all the way through. And although I think that Ronan will ultimately pick Notre Dame, I think, mm-hmm. could could change. Clemson has made this a two-horse race, in yeah. my opinion. Like, this is yeah. this is where we're at right now. So Yep, agree. Agree. So, Ryan, let's dive in a little bit of film 
about Ronan Hannafin, and and I want to find there's some there's some sophomore film that I'm trying to find here, uh, where he's actually playing, he's playing. Um, it's a from a winter seven on seven that they had uh, last year, so I am trying to find that as well. But uh, let's start with some of his junior film, which is a lot of it's a, a defensive player. Yeah, and it's him playing defense. There are some stuff of him playing receiver, but at receiver, it's just him being athletic. And that's the first thing when when you when you see when right now I'd say Ronan is a more instinctive defensive player just because he's played it so much longer. Mm-hmm. I, I think the offensive part is coming around. I when I first watched him play, I was leaning towards liking him more as a defensive player, and I believe I've said that publicly. Yes, uh, but as the more I watched him, when I got a chance to part of it's because I just didn't really see him catch the ball a ton. Yeah. The more I saw him, I, I saw some camp film, you know, just watching him catch the ball. Uh, got had a chance to see some other aspects of it. Let's pull this up now and we will, uh, we will, we will kind of go through this. But I start, and then you look at his frame and his athleticism and his speed and all that. You start to say, you know what? The more and more I like this kid as an offensive player. And I, that's I, where his upside tr- is tr- for me. I truly believe that he could be a top 150 player in the nation on both sides of the football. If I'm being yeah. completely honest, I, even though I am now also leaning more towards wide receiver, because I've also gotten a little bit of insight into what you're talking about. I still believe that he could be a fantastic mm-hmm. rover if he wanted to a really good safety. Right. Like I think that he could hundred percent be that guy, but this staff is pushing for him at wide receiver. And it's very easy to see why with the height, weight, speed combination that he mm-hmm. has. Yeah. He can explode. And and I and again, when I say more natural on defense, a lot of it just has to do with the experience. He's played defense a lot more, and you can see in this film, you see a kid that really knows how to close and just flies downhill with ease. He's a very, he's a very. I've had this debate with a, a buddy of mine who does not think he's a four four guy, and and I un, actually understand why. Number one is some people just look at film of like we had somebody in here who's no longer in the chat anymore, uh, but had said, uh, you know, basically like, how can you watch that film and not see a guy that can run? And I think a lot of times it's, you have to be able to evaluate it. Right. And and sometimes the other competition can make it hard for some people to evaluate that. And so yeah. there's a lot of, well, you know, he plays in Massachusetts, Massachusetts sucks. So he must not be fast. And well, no, you don't, you don't evaluate that you evaluate the player. And I think when this, play right here is a perfect example he's barely running you just see the effort he's just barely running and he just it's a very he's a very natural athlete he's got to learn to take it to another level because i think one thing that hurts kids like him especially it's a position on offense that he's just not as comfortable with they don't just take off the same way right and that's Uh why you really see his speed on defense even more so than offense is just he's more comfortable there so you see him let loose a lot more on offense, he's still learning that. He's still learning to to bring that to the table. And and so you just don't see him explode the way he does. And he still just blows by these kids that he's going against who are just well, not very good football players. That, that one was the perfect one, Brian, because like you're saying, maybe this player that he's playing against isn't the most physically gifted or athletic player. Not. But this yes, but this kid is way off, dude. Right. Like not even close to the line of scrimmage. Right. And he just blows past him in that much of off coverage. Like that shows yeah. I mean, look, look at him come off the edge there. Like if if you don't think that that's a really explosive athlete, then I don't I don't know what to say to you. Right. Sure. Right. So we have been told that he's been timed in the four fours. Um I I I'd buy that. 
high four, four guy. I buy that. And, you know, he's a very smooth athlete. And he, he, the thing that impressed me that, that he catches the ball very naturally. Yep. So that's another thing is like, even though he's not a natural receiver from a route running standpoint, he catches the ball very naturally. I mean, look at just how easily, again, this, these are, this is like a division three caliber player, maybe, right. but it just, I mean, just, you know, just explodes by him. And, Very and I'm, fluid I'm kid. He sure is. And I, I'm really curious if he has a baseball background because he tracks the football very well. He yeah. looks like an outfielder out That's there. That's a good almost. question. I don't know the answer to that. It's a very good question. And he sure, he sure does. And this is why I really like him on defense as well, is he comes to balance and strikes with a lot of authority mm. on defense. Yeah. Yeah. He also does it in the blocking game, as you yeah. can see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, we were talking the other day about about Arizona's recruiting. There's a kid that Arizona landed from his high school. Really? Remember Mike Martin? Yeah. Notre Dame was looking for him, uh, looking at him a little bit. He ended up committing to, I thought he, I think he committed to Michigan early on, but uh, that's him right there kind of working downhill number five uh, or working, scraping across, excuse me, right there. You see him coming from backside. He's going to Arizona. He was, he, but Don Brown's the new D coordinator at Arizona. Uh And he, he had, I think, I believe he committed to Michigan, but it was as I, I could be wrong on that, but um, he went to Arizona with Don Brown. So it was a nice pickup for Arizona. But, yeah, they went out to Massachusetts and got a kid. I mean, look at that. I mean, just easy. Look how much separation he caused when, mm-hmm. again, it's off coverage. It, mm-hmm. it, off coverage, obviously, just for – I know people understand it for the most part, but, you know, the further away from the line of scrimmage you are, right, because right. you're afraid of that speed. That's why you're in off coverage. Right. That's not number five right there is is who we're talking about here. It's a big like, boy. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's going to end up being an edge guy. He camped at Notre Dame summer before last, two summers ago, I believe. I can't remember which which one it was. The, the, what I like about this clip right here, Ryan, this is like he's not taking a very good angle. He he, he no. goes too far behind. But I like I love the lateral quickness here that he shows. Like very fluid. Look at the look at the agility. Look at the cross step. He's got really really easy athletic traits. To, to change direction like that and also avoid traffic is a pretty difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. So you know. yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. No doubt. Like right there, that is, a, those are great hands right there. When mm-hmm. you're tracking the football down the field like that, those late hands, I, that really shows confidence in your ability to, to catch the football right here. Just look, just look at his hands are very late here, which is a good thing. You're not tipping things off. Mm-hmm. And look, but look at how easy that ball just kind of melts into his hands, man. Like mm-hmm. that is just effortless football right there. Yeah, he snatches the ball out of the ground and, or out of the air in a hurry. 100%. He arrives with pretty good force. Yep. Comes to balance as a, mm-hmm. as a defensive player. There's mm-hmm. no doubt. Well, that's just not even fair. He's long, <laughs> too. If you look at he's got pretty long arms. Sure does. And this is where, you know, like I said, I fought it for a long time, uh, the comparisons to Alec Pierce, but you can see it in this clip. It's just a long, you know, 200-plus. And, and he's a lot thicker than, than, um, than Alec Pierce was coming out of high school. He's oh, more sure. similar to where Alec Pierce is now. Yeah. Well, yeah, because um, I, I think Ronan's around like 208 right now, right. 205. So when that ballpark, Alec at the combine was 211. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he's he's definitely right. a little further advanced. Right. Yep. Yeah, he's a he's a really good football player. And I think you guys can see what we're talking about. And, and as a receiver, again, it's just all athleticism. This kid's 12, 13 yards off the ball. Yep. That's just, I mean, that's, that's like, a, yeah, I don't want this guy to run back. 
<laughs> I don't want this guy to run by me. And part of it's because, like, look at the down and distance. It's like second and 25. Sure. So they're just giving them some yards, which is not a smart idea because they just got 15 back easily. And this is going to be one of those guys, Brian. I like so I still like him so much on the defensive side of the football. Even if he ends up with Notre Dame and becomes like a multi multi year thousand yard receiver, yeah. I would still always have that in the back of my mind. But like, what would he look like if Rover man? Yeah. What would he look oh, like? Oh yeah. And if he if he decided to play defense, he'd be like, man, what would he be like as a receiver? Exactly. You're gonna you're just yeah. Exactly. You're always gonna have that conversation about him. There's no doubt. Well, that closing speed's silly. Yeah. Silly. Yep. He like he tries to tackle a dude. Like that's the thing is he tries to tackle some guy first and then he's like, Oh, he doesn't have the ball. Let me quickly go chase down that quarterback. Who's like, blow the whistle, blow the whistle. Yeah. And you want to know part of that action. Want to know part of that. Somebody that just said, the, is that from the water boy? Blow the yes. Whistle, blow the, yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. It's from necessary rough, roughness. Oh, uh, when, you're when right. they put Poppy in the game and, yes. and uh, you know, when he benches Blake and he's like running around, he's like, blow the he's whistle. Blow the the exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yep, 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 yep. Somebody just made a comment. I think this plays a perfect example. Michael Parks just commented that great house and Ronan blocking for running backs would be awesome. And that is oh, absolutely yeah. correct. Oh yeah. Absolutely correct. These would be two of the more physical wide receivers in the 2023 oh. class. Oh yeah, that was uh that was something. That was something. <laughs> I didn't even I, I don't think I've ever seen that clip before. He wow. spun that dude around. Good lord. Wow. Like yes. you don't see dudes doing 360s after hits very often. Good. He's not even night. running hard either. He's not even running no. hard. He just yeah. No. Goodness gracious. So Ryan, there was some. I did finally find it. It was hard to find, um, uh-huh. but there is some seven-on-seven seven film from. Uh, so so Massachusetts like kind of canceled their season, and then they kind of had some some spring seven-on-seven seven stuff. So I do want to pull that up, and it is uh, it is seven-on-seven seven film from last, I believe, last spring. So, but it does give us a chance to, the thing I liked about this film was you got a chance to see him actually run routes. You get to see him, chance to see him sink his hips, you know, his, you know, how does he, how is he getting out of breaks? You know, how is he doing those type of things? And you get a chance to see him do some of that stuff. So that's why I wanted to find this film. So I don't love seven on seven film because of the pads, but we just watched the, we still watch we can do with pads on. This is more about his, this film really put me over the top with like, yeah, this kid can play receiver. Cause like, as a former receivers coach, I look and say, give me a kid with this athleticism and this already already the feel he does have, I can I can do something with this kid. So I do I wanna I wanna go over that. So we'll we'll watch that next. But this is this is from uh this is from this past not this spring, but like this is over a year ago, basically. Again, I can work with the choppiness there, but what you do see is you see a guy that understands sinking his hips, right? Balance weight is forward, he's not necessarily using his hands. I want to see him drive his hips a little bit more, see him catch the ball in traffic, which obviously I like. And again, I'm, I mean, catching the ball in traffic in seven on seven doesn't do a whole lot for me. It's more about the focus and concentration. I'm not worried about him getting a hit, finds a soft spot in the zone. The other thing you're going to notice about him is he is a hands catcher. He really does. You see strong hands. What we don't know about him is, you know, what can he do after the catch? That's a legitimate concern that I have just because not concern. That's not a concern. I think I think he'd be very good at it. We just don't get to see him do it a whole lot. They don't get him like look screens a ton. They're throwing him the deep balls. But athletically, I think it works out. This is another one where he just again, I, these are the kind of plays when we when we make fun of summer stuff. It's like, yeah, he's not worried about getting laid out, right? 
I mean, yeah, he's going to make sure. that catch. But when you watch the kid play with pads on, you're like, he's not going to care about that guy coming over and hit him. You know, that's no. so, but this, what I care about is this, the speed, the tracking of the ball and the effortless effortlessness in which he does it. Here's the other thing. He doesn't use this move properly, but I like the fact that he shows it that there's no reason to jab outside here. Right. Like there, there, there isn't one, but I mean, it works because that kid's terrible. That's not working against a division one player, but I like the fact that he can stick it and accelerate the way that he did. So even though like I wouldn't have him use this move right here, I don't care. What I like is that you get to see him make the move and then you can say, how would that project if he was using it correctly? And, and he would. Now, the one thing I hate that he does, Ryan, I hate when receivers stick their hand up when they think they're open, just freaking run your route. I'll get you. You know what I mean? Like me, you, Oh, yeah. I didn't know you were open until I saw you put your hand up. Like just, just he's, go run your route. <laughs> he's he's got to let the coaches and the quarterback know that he's open, Brian. Yes, right? he's got to right, let him know. Right, Golden Tate used to do that, and it drove me nuts. And again, <laughs> now this is a thing where like there's a lot that I want to work. Now earlier I showed a clip, Ryan, where he did a nice job driving it because what 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 I had what you have to teach receivers is your feet are not how you stop in this mm-hmm. way. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. No, it's your hips. Your hips yes. are the brakes, right? Your feet are the wheels, but your hips are the brakes. And and sometimes Ronan shows that, but this is an example of where he's he's leaning back. So once you lean back, it's all about your feet, right? And it's it's basically like trying to stop when you your brakes aren't really working that well, and you know in a car, and that's that's something he'll have to work on. Uh, being a little bit more efficient at the line, something to work on. Here you see a, a better job of him sinking his hips, you know, keeping that weight forward. A little bit too much of a lift. That's a bit of a tell, but all that stuff I can work on. That's all fixable and fixable quickly. Here's another play, Ryan. Look at it. Hand catching. It gets it gets close to his body, but that's with his hands. Does yep. not body catch that. Now I I have no concerns over him about ball skills and hands. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's very easy to see on film. Like you said, there's things from a route running hips mm-hmm. perspective that definitely need to improve. But like when you have this type of athletic profile, that size, that physicality and right. those hands, uh, there's a lot to work right. with, obviously. But like this plays an example, Ryan. Okay. This is not great technique. He's a little choppy, the top end. But what I see is I see athleticism. I see technical mm-hmm. problems, but I see a kid yeah. that can, can flip his hips, you know, open up and run. I see great body control. I see all those type of things. And that's what you look. I, I don't I, I don't care if a kid can run routes in high school. I mean, that's why college coaches get paid six figures. Sure. You know, I mean, if you can't teach a kid to run routes, you should probably find something else better to do with your time. Uh, love how he works back to the ball here. Mm-hmm. Really nice job. Got to get that hand up again. Mm-hmm. I'm open. Yep. I'm open, guys. Yep. Yeah, acceler- acceleration is just nuts. Yeah, M- MW Jr. Sometimes a QB does not see all the receivers, so we throw our hands up to help out. <laughs> Good there comeback. Good comeback. But as a quarterback, I hate that. Also, when you're running with one hand up, you can't run as fast. This is, I love this. He doesn't time, he jumps right here because he doesn't necessarily time it very well. But the fact that he can still make this catch with a poor, so he leaves the ground too early, right, Ryan? Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, hundred yep. percent. He leaves the he leaves too early. He needs to just keep running under the ball, uh, is what he needs to do. But he thinks it's, he's got to jump, and he times it. But look at that length. Mm-hmm. He's actually kind of on the way down when he makes that catch. <laughs> That's impressive. What's That's his, what is his teammate doing on the sideline? I have no idea. What the? I thought he was in the play for a second. He, he's like, not no, in the he's... play. He's just he's following the route. Yeah, I have no clue what he's doing. 
Yeah. That's okay. Right, yep. Sorry, I got I got very distracted because yeah. I'm like, what is that? Yeah. Well, I, I, at first, yeah. I was like, wow, that route spacing is awful. Yeah, that, like, did that oh, guy no, get he's... jammed off the line of scrimmage or something? Like, right, what happened? Right. But the body control and the length, right? When we talk about catch radius, that's what that is. That's a kid with a really impressive catch radius. Yep. And that's something that Ronan Hannafin brings to the table as well. So, I mean, to me, if you, if you're if you're a receivers coach, he's got to be it's got to be like oh my gosh, let me please let me get that kid right. He's like a polar opposite of Jaden Allsburg. I mean of Jaden Greathouse. You know where Jaden Greathouse just I mean that kid's a savvy player, but like what you see from Ronan is the length, the athleticism, the speed, the ball skills, the body control. He just doesn't know how to play the position the way that Rico Flores does yet, and the way that Jaden Greathouse does. But this is why we say you've got to think about the difference between a floor and a ceiling. When we're talking about floor. Jaden Greathouse is far more ready as a receiver to come in and play the day he arrives, right? That's why the floor for him is so high. With Ronan Hannafin, if he's going to play early, and I actually think he can. I think Braylon James and Ronan Hannafin can both play early. They're going to play early, however, because of their athleticism and their ability to catch the ball, not because they know how to, you know, run a precise, you know, post-curl route, right? And so there's different there's different ways to do it uh, that that – I, I like. And so for me with, with Ronan, it just depends on how quickly can you get him into that, right. Into sure. that level. But the, the athleticism is there. I mean, there's no question about it. He's a long strider. He's very smooth, very fluid. He almost like toys with people. And he's one of those guys that I feel like when he gets to the next level and he starts being surrounded with guys that are like him getting pushed. You're go- yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You're going to yep. see him take his game to a completely different level. And that's why I say he's a five-star upside kid. I think that's – I don't think a lot of people disagree with having him as a four-star right now. I mean, everybody's kind of coming around to that. And and I, sure. I don't think anyone would – no one's at least raised a concern with me as far as ranking him as a as a top 100 caliber player. I think the question that some have had with me is, do you really see a five-star? And, and my answer is, yeah, I do. There's not a trait he lacks. Long, athletic, fast – like you said, tracks the ball very well. That's different than catching the ball. Tracking sure. the ball is – it's like an outfielder. Like if you take a bad angle to the ball, you know, you're, you're not going to get to it, right? Same thing with the receiver. you got to track it well. You're going to – can you accelerate through the look back? If you're not good at tracking the ball, you're not going to run as fast because you're trying to figure out how to gauge the football. You know, you see strong hands. You see confident hands. You see catch radius. I mean, there's nothing he lacks other than just – experience as a route runner and experience playing the position and that's why i gave him a five-star upside because i see a kid that when it's all said and done is going to be 6'3 215 probably run in the four fours have a 35 plus inch vertical have a four two sub pro shuttle that knows how to play and to me it's five star that's a five-star player and sure. that's why he got my he, that's why he got a five-star up, upside grade for me is is all of those things. I just don't see anything he lacks other than he's got to he's got to right and he's got to get pushed against better competition. I agree. That's the other I agree. thing. Cuz that's one thing on film is it's so impressive to watch because at times you're like he's not even running hard. Right. <laughs> like he's just he's just cruising, man. Like it's not there's right. a lot that just is not it's not hard for running Hannafin right, right. now. Right. I think that there is something that is going to be unlocked in him. Which yes. is up to the upside part of yes. it, right? Like when he is going against guys, and I know Cam Hart's probably not going to be on the football team, most likely. We'll see what happens, but he's not going to be when he's working against guys like Cam Hart, who are 
as long as you and also as fast as you. Ryan Barnes, Benjamin Morrison, right? Right, right. 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 Guys that can push the best out of you. Again, we always go back to the iron sharpens iron conversation, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and that's what we're talking about now. When he's against guys that he can't just coast and be more athletic. Jaden Mickey will eat him up at the line of scrimmage the first time they go against each other. And he'll let him know about it. And and, and he'll let you know about it and you beat him by 20 yards for a touchdown. I mean, that's the thing I love about Jaden Mickey. But the point is, is when you go against a guy that's as technically sound already as Jaden Mickey, who's going to continue to get coached. When you go against a guy like Benjamin Morrison, who's someone who I think for a corner can has the length to give a guy like Ronan Hannafin problems. When you go against guys like, you know, someone as fast as Micah Bell, you can't just kind of coast by, right? Uh, When when you go against a guy like Christian Gray, who's really long and and can flip his hips and run with you, those things are going to bring out that in you if you're a competitor. And anyone that knows Ronan Hannafin knows this kid is a competitor. And it's just, as I've said before, when you are blowing past people at at 85%, you don't necessarily think you're 85% because you're blown by people. Uh, when you then realize, okay, there's another level. That's what's so great about competition. And that's why Marcus Freeman has spent so much time emphasizing competition and practice. We're going to compete at everything. Cause I want that mindset of I'm going out and I'm battling Jaden Mickey today. And I'm going to battle him for, you know, for, for two hours, whatever the practice is. And I, I'm Benjamin Morrison and Micah Bell and Christian Gray. And okay, I'm in the slot this time. I got to go against Peyton Bowen. I got to go against the Don Schuler. I got to go against, you know, whoever else. Xavier, you know, Xavier or uh, Xavier Watts, Ramon Henderson. When you're playing against that, it's like, okay, Jaden Mickey's busting me up. So what do I got to do? Okay, let's work. Let's, I, I got to do this. I got to use my hands. I got to use my feet. I got to do this angle. I got to rock. I got to rock him to sleep. I got to use my, use my size. I got to use all of it to mix it up. That's how you get better. And that's the thing to me that, that excites me about a kid like Ronan Hannafin and same thing with Braylon James. Braylon James is a very similar player. Braylon has no really feel for the game right now he's just all athleticism because he hasn't really been coached on how to play receiver the way that he needs to once that happens boy you know that's that's what you want to see so you see in the film that's why Notre Dame wants Ronan Hannafin that's why we think he is a is a is a feat is a great fit at receiver even though he could easily play defense but that's why you see to me Ryan where the upside is greater because on defense I often wonder it, it can he keep that athleticism at 230 that's a question, question I have. And I don't think question. he's a safety. You know, I, I think I think maybe Rover, but yeah. but even then, like I I think he could I think he could play it mm-hmm. and play it at a high level. It's well, I'm more thinking like from an upside standpoint. Whereas at receiver, I see a kid that his his size is he doesn't have to add, but I mean he doesn't have to add any size to the next level to play receiver. No. He if he stays two oh at the same height size he is now. The next four years, he's he's big enough to play. What he'll add is more muscle, more strength. Sure. Those sure. Types. He doesn't need to add weight to that position. Sure. It's about become more explosive, become physically stronger, even if you only add five pounds. I think he'll get up to like 215, but he doesn't need to like get to 225 to play. No. Same with Jane Greathouse. Jane Greathouse doesn't need to add any weight. It, you, and if anything, you want to make sure he doesn't add too much weight, right? He can may only add three to four pounds. He may lose three or four pounds. It, it's going to be about continuing to get stronger and the, the physical refinement. If you're plus 200 pounds as a receiver and you're over six feet tall, you, you're plenty big enough to play the position. Sure. Uh, in, unless your body just naturally gets you there. Like Chase Claypool at 225 is a very natural 225. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. if he gets below that, it's probably because he, you know, wasn't, wasn't working out that summer. You know what I mean? 
other guys just have different body types. So that's what we see in Ronan Hannafin. I want we wanted to dive into the film because we hadn't really done that together, and and uh, just so people can kind of get a peek, a peek at why why we're so high on him. So yeah. now you have Brian, an idea, Brian. Do you think I carry two twenty five well? Um, uh, no comment. I know I don't. That's <laughs> I all don't I either. care about. I don't either. I was trying yeah. to uh, yeah. trying to get a compliment out. But of if me, I was but... six three, I mean, if you were yes. six three, yeah, I mean, if I could stretch you out about six inches, sure. If I wasn't if I wasn't five eleven and three quarters. Yeah, I might have a shot. Yeah, five yeah. eleven and three quarters. That's, that's, that's legitimate, man. That's legitimate. <laughs> that is verified. That is five eleven <laughs> seven right there. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's good. All right, so that's going to do it for uh, the recruiting mailbag. I mean, the recruiting hour and a half for today. Uh, so we, we talked a lot about a, a lot of different topics, obviously some Notre Dame commits, some Notre Dame offers, some kids in their name is trying to close on. So a lot to, lot to discuss today, Ryan. And so we'll finish things up. Uh, now that we wrap that up, we'll, we'll go to our mailbag, but before we do, obviously don't go anywhere, but before we, we get to our mailbag, please hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, share this podcast. If you're listening via podcast, please give us a five-star review. We appreciate that. Sign up for the message board at boards.irishbreakdown.com and uh enjoy what we're doing we're, we got a lot of stuff going on we'll have some more intel coming up here uh very very soon as well so thank you for being with us on this portion of the irish breakdown podcast For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.